Welcome back, HTB listeners. I'm Michael Wainbickler. As I'd mentioned in our last episode, we have about 10 episodes we recorded late last year that we are rolling out over the next two months. The following show is one of those. Angelica Mabry is a rock star in the Napa Sonoma wine scene. Currently, the CEO of the Donham Estate, she leads the team there in creating world-class customer experiences. With many wine producers being forced to pivot as of late, customer experience and loyalty are more important than ever. The oft-ignored digital experience is now mission-critical to all businesses, especially in the beverage space. Angelica believes that wine producers focus too much on transactional interactions when they should be building positive emotional experiences. The revenue will naturally follow. Think about this while listening. It takes five times more effort to attract a new customer than to retain a current one. So this is kind of important. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Hit The Bottle Podcast, a show for beverage sales and marketing professionals looking to up their game and further their careers and businesses. Viewed through the lens of strategy, technology, and leadership, we explore everything from digital marketing, e-commerce, brand building, public relations, and much more. Each week, we chat with industry experts and leaders, explore practical applications, and discuss what's happening in our world. Our goal is to provide you with the insights and strategies you need to create successful marketing programs. Now it's time to hit the bottle. My next guest is the Chief Executive Officer of the Donham Estate, located in Carnero, Sonoma. With over 18 years of experience in the wine industry and more than 22 years in management, she has in-depth knowledge of and experience with direct-to-consumer wine sales and marketing, e-commerce strategies, tasting room and visitor center management, as well as luxury retail goods. Today, I'm going to chat with her about customer experience and what wine producers should do to better engage with their customers. Welcome to the show, Angelica Devere Mabry. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here today. Um, super happy to have you on. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Likewise. Before we begin, would you share with the listeners how they might contact you? Yes, you can contact me directly on email at angelicadevere at gmail.com, and that's D-E-V-E-R-E, or at amabray, M-A-M-A-B-R-A-Y on Twitter, um, or via our website at www.thedonamestate.com. So I'm available via most channels, and much to my husband's chagrin, not super active on social channels, so direct email is best. <laughs> we'll have that we'll have a conversation with paul about that right <laughs> the king of digital <laughs> so okay so today we're talking about customer experience so what exactly does that mean to you uh, 
when I think about customers' experience in the context, particularly of the wine industry, I really define that as all of the interactions and touch points that customers have with our brand um, and our products, whether that's on the hospitality side or the wine side, at the winery, online, on the shelf, on the phone, every opportunity that we have to interact with our customers along their journey with us is an opportunity to create better and more engaging experiences. Okay, so uh, basically any touch point, any touch point. Exactly right. The, the customer is going to come in contact with your brand that has the potential of being a customer experience. Exactly right. If it's the way that we uh, present the wines um, online and marketing materials or digital catalogs or on our website, or it's the way that we respond to an inquiry regarding a visit or the way that we host people when they're here on property and the things that we emphasize or de-emphasize that really speak to who we are as a brand. Those are all parts of the customer experience and really need to be carefully considered uh, as you're creating programming and storytelling and content because those are the things that people will take away that will either deepen the engagement with the brand or that may further someone from your brand because they, it just doesn't resonate with them. And I think um, that there's, there's a mindfulness that comes along with creating customer experience that is first and foremost um, in terms of how we create tactical execution around those ideas. So what's the value of, of a good customer experience? Well, our definition of excellent customer service is to consistently exceed the needs and the expectations of the customer. Um, and that requires understanding what those needs and requirements are. I think there are a lot of different ways to gather that information using our own data uh, from our transactional history and personal note-taking CRM functionality with our customers is our primary source of understanding what those needs are and how people prefer to be communicated with, what they value, what's important to them. We use surveys. We do a lot of different things. I think that a lot of people do, um, but paying attention to that and soliciting that feedback in order to really create an above um, above the line customer experience at all times. So we've discussed on this podcast previously about CRM systems and how important they are to managing that customer experience. So what you're saying is that you are recording in your CRM any customer interaction that you have? Yes. I, I think that, you know, and I'm, I think we're going to get into this a little bit later on in terms of, you know, how do we, how do you start to do this? But we have a, a, a top-down philosophy with our employees and um, with our customers that we are open to feedback. So we want to capture at every, every given touch point, any information that we can get. So let's just use as an example, if a customer calls and says that they are coming to visit 
with you know their daughter and and future son-in-law and give us they give us some information we take really detailed notes um, about that visit and when they arrive there is something that specifically harkens back to whatever that information was given whether it's you know an, a glass of bubbles to celebrate this future the son-in-law who's joining them or if it's a birthday that we have some special acknowledgement printed on the menu or just very very small and very subtle quality cues of we're listening, we're paying attention, and we know who you are. It's about personalizing every component of the experience wherever possible. And in order to do that, you have to ask a lot of questions and you have to pay a lot of attention. And I think that it's, it's, um, it's a fairly simple technique, but one that is often missed. So we pay a lot of attention to what our customers are telling us, either on the phone, online, in emails, or in person. And our staff are actually tasked with taking those notes and recording them post-visit so that we have them for the next time and that we're constantly building this database of information and detailed customer data so that we can refer to it to improve upon it on the next time and also not to repeat it because we want it to be unique and special every time. We believe that that's how we create brand loyalty and deeper engagement with our consumers. Yeah, so that's, you know, that again, that's those are data points on which to build that good customer experience. So, so what's the cost of having a bad customer experience? Uh, well, I, I think that there, there are so many, right? I, I, we certainly all are all familiar with the statistic that it costs five times more to attract a new customer than it does to retain an existing one. And I think we know, you know, that uh, customers who have a negative experience or brand will not continue to do business with you. So if that's the case, what are you willing to do to ensure that that doesn't happen? You know, customers will switch brands because poor customer experience and all the marketing efforts and the money that we spend in driving traffic to our business results in, in, in most customers only giving us one shot. So if we have that one shot, it is certainly important and urgent for us to pay attention to how we are handling that opportunity to really connect with our customers. And if we don't, you know, it's clear, there's clearly a, a high expense or an actual cost associated with not doing that well. That makes a lot of sense. So other than, you know, having a rock solid CRM system and, and taking notes about, um, to build on their experience for, for future reference. You know, what should beverage producers, what else should beverage producers consider when building a compelling customer experience? Yeah, well, if, if we're speaking just purely tactically and not philosophically, which I think we, we are here for this for this conversation, um, I think there are a few things that that businesses can do, wine producers, beverage producers can do. Uh, one, you know, build a customer journey map. Really understand all the places where you have these points of, of interaction with your customers. Um, two, understand your buyer personas and help that will help you understand their preferences and challenges, really create a customer-focused culture within your company. There's this idea of the cost of caring, you know, really making sure that you're creating a culture internally that supports that idea and incentivizes that as well. I think that's really important. Um, ask for, it's just so simple, but ask for, ask for and act on the feedback that you get from your customers 
and your employees. You know, our, I had a meeting with my staff this morning, and the first thing that I said to them was, and it's such an obvious, that they are the experts. They are interacting with our customers on a daily basis and in real time. And what are they saying? What are they really enjoying? What could we be doing differently? You know, really in, encouraging them to bring the ideas to the table for consideration at a senior level so that we can start to think about ways to implement them and to integrate them into our programming. I think that that's really important. Um, also, create compelling content. What's your story? Do you have a good story to tell? Do you have a story that resonates with people? Have you really thought about what makes your brand different and why should people care? You know, ultimately, I think what we're all trying to do is to deepen the emotional connection that we, we have with our customers and that they have with our brand. So those are those are a few obvious tactical ways. I you know I think some of the things that we do here, just to give specific examples, and and our story is very much in development. I've been in this role for about six months now, so we're taking a really hard look at this right now. But we are very committed to sustainability and biodiversity and the stewardship of of the land. We have 200 acres here, but what people and that's all great, and we talk about that a lot in the industry. But what people really like to hear about when they come here is the honeybees and the lavender and the way that those two things interact. And that we have this beautiful um, nurturing environment for these bees with our 3,500 lavender plants and and the rescue donkeys that live here. And you know people love that and they remember that and they did come here because it's authentic. Donkeys? I did, you know, like a donkey, like hee-haw. <laughs> yes, uh, we, have a, we have a pair of, of donkeys that were rescued that live here. And that when people come to Donham, and, and particularly when our members who have a relationship with they they know the donkeys. And they, you know, bring an apple or carrots, and they go out and they interact with the animals, and they love them, and they know them. And it's, it's a really personal experience. And I think those are the types of things, as simple as they are, that feed into a broader strategy and a bigger marketing message, whether it's about stewardship and, and being eco-friendly and sensitive, but also to like creating tangible touch points that consumers that are memorable for them and that really resonate on an emotional level. Um, so, you know, obviously we talk about responsible farming and all that sort of thing, but really what they remember are the honeybees, the lavender, the beautiful wildflowers in between the rows and all of those quiet cues to sustainability, not the message that we print on, you know, a piece of collateral and pass into their box when they ship their wines. So those are the places where I think you really have an opportunity to touch people. Here's a message from our sponsor. I just wanted to re review a couple of things because I think you were actually, you must have been reading my playbook because uh, I'm always harping on creating compelling content, you know, uh, mapping the customer journey, figuring out what your buyer personas are. That's something that we're constantly harping on with our clients. And frankly, a lot of them uh, just don't understand the those yeah. basics. Um, and so, you know, what, what are most producers not doing right now that they should be doing, do you think? Well, in my opinion, I think that 
the the number one thing that comes to mind for me is this idea of engaging with customers in a transactional way, right? And when I say that, I mean, okay, uh, well, we're going to send out an email to the top 50% of our list about this new release that we have and expect that there's some sort of transaction that's going to result from that and hopefully be revenue generating. I really think that brands generally uh, on in the wine world are failing to create positive emotional experiences that engender and drive customer loyalty, if that makes sense. I think uh, satisfied customers aren't the same as loyal customers, right? Loyalty is an emotion, and that doesn't come from a transaction. And so it is my belief that everything that we've said up to this point around personalizing experience and deepening the relationship comes from following up and continuing relationships post-visit and post-experience and not making it transactional every time. Are you listening to your customers? Customers. Are you asking basic questions? How was everything? Um, are you creating feedback loops for your customers and your employees so that you can get all of that information? It's so rich and so valuable. And particularly, I think in this in this day and age where the wine industry is 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 most competitive. You know, there are so many beautiful producers making beautiful wines at similar price points. How are you going to differentiate yourself? How are you going to create uh, a connection to your wine, to your to your place, to your people, to all of the things that really come together to create that. But how are you going to communicate that to people? It's not going to be in an email. Um, you you have to empower and incentivize your staff. You have to understand who your customer types and preferences are. You have to create a one-size-fits-one-size rule, in my opinion. And I think that those are all areas where the wine industry has not quite embraced. I think we're still taking a bit of a spray-and-a-pray attitude where we just send emails out. We hope that's what people are hoping to hear, and we're not digging any deeper. And as such, I think what we see is that there's we're not bringing new consumers into the fold. We rely so heavily on our tasting rooms and visitor experiences to convert people, we need to cre create more compelling content to gain more consumer mind share. That's my opinion. I think those are the places where, and you know, of course, every business can improve in those ways, and we certainly don't have all the answers, but, but we're focused on it, and we're thinking about it, and we're constantly trying to improve. <laughs> that brings to mind uh, the, an analogy that uh, this, this guy um, named uh, Paul Mabry um, <laughs> Uh, I know him. <laughs> yeah, I, th I thought you might. Um, back in back in actually episode one, when he's talked about like how the the model of the tasting room and wine sales works, how people fly across the country to purchase a a bottle of wine and then have it shipped back home, you know, it'd be like the equivalent of flying to Detroit and picking out a car and then flying yeah. home having it delivered to you, right? So. Mm -hmm. um, it is a strange model that we've built, uh, especially around the domestic wine market. So, you know, Napa, Sonoma, Santa Barbara, you know, wherever you happen to be in California or in, you know, Washington or Oregon, we have this DTC model where basically we're expecting that everybody's going to come to us. Um, and so I strongly believe that those brands that figure out how to take the experience to the customer um, are going to really start to stand out more uh, and frankly uh, going to lead us into that next 
phase of, of wine sales and marketing. I totally agree. And I would suggest that uh, we have the benefit of most of us have the benefit of transactional data and customer history and ways in which that we, we can mine our own data to really understand uh, where, for example, um, these clusters of customers are. If we want to, instead of assuming that, you know, we should recycle eight to 10 hospitality events per year at our sites because, you know, those, those same customers that live regionally and locally that will attend those are going to come and that's going to somehow make them love us more. I would suggest that, yes, it's important to do those types of events, and yes, it's important to have meaningful connection with those customers who are local and regional and supporting your brand. That's super important. But what about those customers who live in Houston and Austin? and um, Florida and Chicago and different places where we know we have critical mass in those places. Why are we not, and we are actually, <laughs> but going to them, right? And saying, we're coming to your market. We want to create a really special event for you. Our winemaker is coming with a vertical of, of Carneros Pinot Noir and Russian River Pinot Noir. And we're going to talk to you about what's happening at the winery today. And please bring four or five of your best friends. We're super excited to be here, but it's, we're delivering content. We're delivering information. It's educational. And there is no expectation necessarily of a transaction, but just deeper brand engagement. That is a worthwhile opportunity. And I think that if you change your mindset and you think about it slightly differently, and it's not the field of dreams idea of if you build it, they will come, you will see measurable differences in your business. And, and back to this idea of customer experience, people feel really engaged and much more likely to continue with your club and to continue to buy more and to come visit and to recommend you to friends and family. I think we all know, and we've heard a million times from Rob McMillan and lots of other people in this industry who are very smart, that the recommendation of family and or friends is the biggest influence on purchasing still in the wine world today. So reaching people through their own networks seems like a pretty obvious way to get out into the market and really convert people to brand ambassadors and super fans. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I can almost guarantee that some of my listeners are thinking to themselves, well, yeah, yeah, that, that makes a whole lot of sense, but you know, how am I going to do that? Uh, so I think that there's also a, a bit of a nearsightedness uh, in our industry in terms of what we can actually accomplish. You know, we often look within our own organizations to determine whether we have the capacity to do something. Yeah. We're very, we're very insular as an industry, strangely, instead of saying, okay, what resources are out there that exist that we can use to make ourselves more efficient and better at what we do? Um, a lot of, Love that mindset doesn't really exist um, in a lot of the industry. So there are a lot of um, fantastic tools out there um, and or consultants out there that can really help uh, wineries move beyond their own walls to expand into an area where they can better engage with their customers through that customer experience, whether that customer experience is on site or off site. 
Absolutely, and I, and I can think of a few really specific examples of other producers who are are think, approaching this and thinking about it similarly, but executing differently. So, for example, they perhaps don't have the resources or the marketing budgets to support going in market and doing a dinner or going to sending their winemaker. They don't have the T&E budgets for that. Totally understand. So they're creating, you know, live video. Uh, where they're presenting the new release of wines and, and organizing on the other end uh, their customers and their customers' friends, and they ship the wines ahead, and they're doing these really incredible interactive experiences that, again, do exactly what I described earlier with a slightly different methodology, but deepens the engagement and the experience with that brand and that winemaker or that you know, whoever it is, hospitality spokesperson. So it's not meant to be taken literally when I say, oh, go out into the market and, you know, sell wine to, to your clusters of customers. Just get out into the market. <laughs> That's the message. You know, however you do that and start talking to people that can help spread the message that you've developed, the story that you've told, and to, to really to, to continue to, to play that forward. Because I, I think where it gets um, a little difficult is we're all competing for the same customer now here in Napa and Sonoma, right? And as I said earlier, it's so highly competitive, and there are so many producers here that are, are making incredible wines. How are you going to set yourself apart? Absolutely. So uh, before we wrap up, can you tell us a little bit more about Donham Estate and like the customer experiences that you've built there in the brief six months that you've been there? Yes, absolutely. So uh, first, the stats uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the Donham Estate. Donham is 200 acres in Carneros in Sonoma. We produce about 6,000 cases and we're growing. Um, high, produce Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, single vineyard, estate-driven. We have vineyards in Russian River, Anderson Valley, and also in development in Bodega. Our first vintage was in 2001, and we also have, which is uniquely different, uh, 40 monumental sculptures that are installed throughout the property. Um, but now let me tell you what Donham really is. So Donham is not simply a vineyard that produces superior wines. Donham is a place that offers a personal human experience to everyone who visits. Donham brings together wine, art, and the land and creates these beautiful, engaging experiences with our visitors. And the way that we do that is through the, throughout the 200 acres that we have here, people are allowed to walk and encouraged to walk out amongst these incredible contemporary art pieces and learn about the vineyards and learn about the wine. And every time they come, it's slightly different, whether it's the season, it's the 3,500 lavender plants that are in bloom or the honeybees or the sounds of the 365 chime installation that we have that's new to the property as of September. And we've created these highly personalized experiences for people to come out with one of our hospitality wine educators and go out into the property experience at their pace. So they can walk, or they can take an ATV. We do a full exploration of the wines and really explain to them the influence and the importance of the different parts of the property, the terroir influence. And we just allow people to enjoy, and it's such an immersive sensory experience um, that they go away a little bit changed. As with many of our episodes it always seems like the time goes very quickly and we could talk about this for a long time but uh, unfortunately we we are out of time so but so thank you very much for for being on the show i really appreciate absolutely it. it was my pleasure thank you so much for having me 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did. We hope you found value in the discussion and garnered some good ideas. If you are interested in contributing to this or other topics, hit me up at mike at htbpodcast.com or on social at mwangbickler or htbpodcast. I'm Michael Wangbickler. Thanks for listening. This has been Hit the Bottle, a production of Balzac Communications and Marketing. You can find past episodes on our website at htbpodcast.com. Drop us a line on social at htbpodcast or send us an email to mike at htbpodcast.com or emma at htbpodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. If you like this show, please rate and review in any of the mentioned platforms. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day.